Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are ringing the bell, taking notice and adding joy to the world with our intentional contributions. Guess what? You don't have to wait on the miraculous to happen to feel great pleasure and happiness. You can take charge and create these feelings for yourself. It starts with understanding more about this feeling called joy, digging deeper into the action of giving joyfully, and then understanding how you can take ownership of adding joy to the world. Sounds like a worthy mission to me. I mean, what's the opposite? Misery, despair, trial and tribulation? No, thank you. Give me joy. Oops, I mean, let me find joy. Strive for joy and spread joy. Deal? I have never quite understood this idea of it's as good as it's ever going to get or these are the cards I've been dealt or phrases like that's just the way it is and everyone's going to die of something. It brings to mind this meme I saw around the internet where a raccoon is on the side of the road, definitely deceased. He has a mylar balloon tied to his wrist that says, get well soon. (laughs) It's time to take matters into your own hands. Do you want to feel more joy in your day-to-day life? Would you like to be surrounded by more joyful people? Are you looking for a way to contribute to the health of the world, but it feels like an impossible task? Well, you've tuned in to the right show today. Stay with me. You are a joyologist. Okay, maybe you aren't right now or today, but you can be. You can make infectious joy part of your daily routine. To get there, we need to know the difference. At Compassion.com, I found the difference between joy and happiness. What is joy? What is happiness? And what is the difference between the two? The difference between joy and happiness lives in the mind and heart. Joy is a little word. Happiness is a bigger word. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Joy is of the soul. Happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends. Happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment waiting to be discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows while happiness hugs hello. Joy is a practice and a behavior. It's deliberate and intentional. Happiness comes and goes blithely along its way. Joy is profound and scriptural. Don't worry, rejoice. Happiness is a balm. Don't worry, be happy. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardships and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness but chooses joy. 
For every person who says joy is an underlying truth that good or bad circumstances can't dictate and that happiness is rooted in circumstances, there will be others who think the opposite, that joy is just a state of mind, the outcome of a mind seeking happiness and focused on pleasure, pleasing thoughts, and pleasant experiences. Despite the different perspectives, the idea that holds greater sway today is that experiencing happiness depends on external factors. Happiness happens to us. Even though we may seek it, desire it, pursue it, etc., feeling happiness is not a choice we make. Joy, on the other hand, is a choice purposefully made. I think we've all heard this song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. Where? Down in my heart. Look at that. It takes a song from our youth to remind us that joy is within us. If you aren't feeling joyful, then you have to conjure up joy from within yourself. How can you do that? When you feel rotten and down in the dumps? First of all, start small. Your moods might have the ability to shift on a dime on their own, but when you're actively trying to switch them, it could take a little longer. So be patient. Joy comes from serving others. So who can you help today? Helping doesn't always have to mean chores and carving out a Saturday to do something good for someone else. The act can be as simple as a phone call, a quick visit, a kind word. We hear enough doom and gloom. How about spreading a little sunshine and positivity through encouragement? I was in the grocery store yesterday and a clerk said hi. I asked him how he was doing and he told me, Well, I'm as good as I can expect to be with the state of the world today. Whoa, (laughs) that good is barely above totally rotten. Wonder why people say, look on the brighter side. It's because staying in the darkness of doom and gloom is no way to live. Plus, looking at the brighter side or finding gratitude will help you pull yourself into a better mood. Spreading joy helps people see, feel, and experience the brighter side. Giving encouragement, sharing a kind word and a smile with someone else will give you a lift in happy brain chemicals. You get a taste of that and you want more. Hello, how are you? Beautiful day, isn't it? You need a hand with that? Have a great day. It's contagious. At globalleadership.org, I found some valuable insight. Brene Brown on joy and gratitude. The relationship between joy and gratitude was one of the most important things I found in my research. Brene said, I wasn't expecting it. In my 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, I didn't interview one person who described themselves as joyful. 
who also did not actively practice gratitude. For me, it was very counterintuitive because I went into research thinking that the relationship between joy and gratitude was, if you're joyful, you should be grateful. But it wasn't that way at all. Instead, practicing gratitude invites joy into our lives. Practice is the part that really changed my life, that really changed my family and the way we live every day. When I say practice gratitude, I don't mean the attitude of gratitude or feeling grateful. I mean practicing gratitude. These folks shared in common a tangible gratitude practice. Some of them kept gratitude journals. Some of them did interesting things like 1234 or 1234 every day. They said something out loud that they were grateful for in their lives. One of the things we do as a family is say grace at dinner. And so now, after learning about practicing gratitude, after grace, we go around and everyone says something that they're thankful for. What's interesting is, when we first started, I thought my children were going to say, Oh, Mom, you're just experimenting on us. There was a little bit of that. But after we did this for a couple of weeks, Even on those crazy busy nights when we were trying to get to soccer, piano, and homework, if Steve and I said a quick prayer and started eating, my kids said, whoa, what are you grateful for? It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. It's been extraordinary because not only does it invite more joy into our house, It also is such a soulful window into what's going on in my children's lives. There are some days when my 8th grader will say, I'm joyful that there's a huge thick wall between my room and my brother's room. She'll say something very honest, but recently she had a friend whose mother died. For a month she would say, I'm just so grateful you all are healthy right now. Not only did it make us all more aware of what we had and more willing to slow down and really be thankful for the joyful moments we had, but it also let me know where she was emotionally in her life. My son often says, I'm grateful for bugs. I'm grateful for frogs. But sometimes he'll say, I'm grateful that you picked me up early. Or I'm grateful that I finally understand adjectives. There's a great quote by a Jesuit priest that says, It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. I guess I was just amazed to see that bubble up on my research so quickly. It's life-changing. How often do you seek out the positive and practice gratitude? Do you notice it and call attention to it throughout your day? Or are you sitting down to dinner or opening up your journal searching for that one bright spot? There's no right or wrong answers here. We're all learning and growing. If you step back and look at yourself, what comes easier, joy or misery? Are you in a dark season in your life looking for a bright spot? You might have just come through a challenging trial and are standing at the top of the mountain. It's in that triumphant moment that you want to spread the good news to others. But what about during the darker times? 
can you be a light for others when you have a hard time seeing the light for yourself? Brene Brown is pretty big on the topic. Oprah had Brene on Super Soulful Sunday talking about joy. Let's take a listen. Number four on living a wholehearted life and being a wholehearted person is my favorite. I mean, I think the way to course correct everything, that's why you and I are soulmates. Yes. <laughs> that's why we are, because you understand that the cultivation of gratitude and joy is the way home. Whoa. Whoa. And people have to know that it is something, and you say this, it's something you say this in here and you say it in the gifts of perfection, that people, you have to work at it. Yeah, I was so off base about this before I did this. I had, you know, oh my God, this is so huge. Like I made a commitment like mm-hmm. to everybody I knew. I said, I will never talk about joy for the rest of my career without talking about gratitude. Because for 12 years of research, yes. I have never interviewed a single person who talks about the capacity to really experience and soften into joy who does not actively practice gratitude. You are absolutely right about Period. that. Period. See, I have done no research except with my audience for 25 yeah, years. Yeah, except and for that, the 30 years of yeah, the research yeah, except you've for done. That. Yeah, except for yeah, that little, Yeah, but I've done yeah. no, obviously, a f- critical research, but I know that is true. As you say that, it just, a part of me, it just resonates. And I know that is true. There is no joy without gratitude. No, and he, you know what's tricky? What? As someone who studies shame and scarcity and fear, mm-hmm. I will tell you, that if you ask me what's the most terrifying, difficult emotion that we experience as humans, yes. Yes. I would say joy. You would say that the most terrifying is joy? No question. Why? You know, I, I often ask parents, I say, uh, you know, I'll have 5,000 parents or something in an audience and I'll say, raise your hand if you've ever stood over your child while he or she was sleeping and thought to yourself, I love you like I didn't know was possible. Yeah, yeah. And then in that split second, Picture something horrific happening to you. What if something happened to you? Yes, yeah. How many of you have ever set up and said, wow, work's going good, good relationship with my partner? Yeah. Parents seem to be doing okay? Uh Uh-huh. Holy crap. Something bad's going to happen. Yes. Right, so what is that? You know what that is? What is that? When we lose our tolerance for vulnerability. Lose our tolerance for vulnerability, yeah. Joy becomes foreboding. I'm not going to feel you. I'm not going to... I'm not going to soften into this moment of joy because, because I'm scared. I'm scared it's going to be taken away. The other shoe's going to drop. So say that again. When we lose our tolerance for vulnerability, you said in the book, but I didn't get it this deep. Go ahead. When we lose our tolerance yeah. to be vulnerable, yes. joy becomes foreboding. And so what we do in moments of joyfulness is we try to beat vulnerability to the punch. Yesterday, I'm on the plane. I'm yeah. getting ready to leave. I'm taking pictures and tweeting them out. I'm on the cockpit, Super Soul Sunday, or over <laughs> a bus, baby. I'm taking pictures. The plane gets down the runway and has to come back because something's wrong. I was like, I knew it. I called Steve. I said, let me just tell you something. I know, because I'm fixing to meet Oprah, that I'm going to die. <laughs> and at my funeral, yeah. you better say, she was going to be on Super Soul Sunday. Oh, my goodness. And Steve's like, foreboding joy, foreboding joy. Foreboding joy. Right. I interviewed a man who told me, my whole life, I never got too excited, too joyful about anything. I just kind of stayed right in the middle. That way, if things didn't work out, I wasn't devastated. And if they did work out, it was a pleasant surprise. Oh my goodness. He's, and so many people said, he said, 
In his 60s, he was in a car accident. His wife of 40 years was killed. Uh-huh. Wow. And he said, the second I realized that she was gone, the first thing I thought was, I should have leaned harder into those moments of joy. Because mm. that did not protect me from what I feel right now. We're trying to, we're trying to dress rehearse tragedy so we yes. can beat vulnerability to the punch. Yes, 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 yes. So you, want, so you know what happens? This is what the joyful people do. This is what I learned from them. In those moments where like, they're getting ready to come here or they're looking at their children or their partner or something great, they get that shudder too, but you know what they do? They don't say, ooh, there's that shudder of terror about feeling joyful, I'm gonna dress rehearse tragedy. They say, I'm gonna practice gratitude. So I just sat on that plane on the runway for 20 minutes going, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. And I think I was like BSing a little bit, I was faking, I am grateful. But gratitude is a practice. It is tangible. You can see it. Yeah. It's not an attitude of gratitude. Absolutely. It is a practice. And what I found is that when you actively practice gratitude, where you concentrate on not just thinking about it, but write things down, you go through the day looking for it. You There's go no through question. The, you go through the day looking for it. Isn't it amazing? It's like mm -hmm. magic. It is. And you know what I think we appreciate? The little things. Yes. I think one of the things that happens in a culture of scarcity is we're all chasing the extraordinary and we forget. Like when I interviewed people who went through horrific things, I mean, I'm talking about the loss of children, genocide, violence, trauma. And I talked to them about what's the hardest loss. They never talked about the extraordinary things. They said, I miss the ordinary moments. I miss hearing the screen door slam and knowing my husband's home from work. Mm -hmm. I miss hearing my kids fighting in the backyard. I miss the way that my wife set the table. And those are the moments that are in front of all of us every day that we could stop and say, God, I'm grateful for this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'll just say right now, I'm so grateful for this. Ah, oh, me too. No, I am. I'm me so too. grateful for it. I'm not one to listen to the news or read the newspaper. It's a new trend as we've realized the toxicity that we're exposing ourselves to, but I've never been one to plug into the banter of the world. Head in the sand? Maybe, but I would like to say the clouds. Maybe I'm a control freak and I realize that's not something I can control. Or I have limited hours in the day and limited room on the mental hard drive, so I need to be selective about what I download all would be true. But that doesn't mean I don't care. I do. A lot. Six years ago, I took a bold step. For me, it wasn't enough just to care about a problem. I had to be part of the solution. I started connecting, listening, and sharing through support groups. You want to help? Empower others to feel good and worthy, to see hope when they feel hopeless and feel respected when they feel invisible. This new feeling will help others feel like they can take on the world one person at a time, and you've just started a positive ripple. That's by far more valuable. Lauren Carpenter shares 10 ways to spread joy found at IndieMaven.com. Number one, start with yourself. You know when they say you have to fill yourself up before you can pour into others? Reverend Hazel Owens, licensed marriage and family therapy associate at Christian Theological Seminary, says this is so important. It's important to first see how we recognize joy for ourselves. 
Can I go inward within myself and do what fills my cup and brings me joy? And then once I'm filled, I can pour out effectively and spread that to others. We can't access that genuinely until we have done some inner stuff. Hazel says that the way to do this is by soul care. Engaging your senses, moving your body, and participating in activities that keep you grounded and relaxed. Number two, share uplifting social content. Recently, I spent time going through who I follow on Instagram and unfollowed accounts that didn't bring me joy. That was such a good feeling. I'm guilty of playing the comparison game often, and it never ends well. Instead of feeling bad about myself when I scroll, I've freshened up my feed so I can see encouraging content instead. And while I want to see joyful content, I want to make sure I'm sharing uplifting content as well. Before you post, ask yourself, is this kind? Is this uplifting? Will this bring others joy? Think about sharing an inspiring quote or funny video onto your feed so others can smile when they scroll as well. Number three, use laughter to unlock joy. Speaking of funny, one way to spread joy is to spread laughter. When her clients are too focused on a problem, therapist Danielle Ireland encourages her clients to shift the focus to laughter. You can look up funny memes, watch a comedy, or reach out to a friend who always makes you laugh. Laughter can flood your brain and body with good-feeling hormones and lift your mood. I've often heard clients share that after a little sleep, space, and laughter, the problem almost always solves itself. Sometimes the greatest shift is not our external circumstances, but rather how we feel about them. In this way, feeling joyful isn't the opposite of having problems. Joy is an emotion that gives us greater access to navigating them. Number four, smile and make eye contact. Amidst our busy schedules, it's easy to focus only on what we have to get done and not about those around us. While you're grocery shopping, be sure to thank the workers for stocking the shelves. When you wait for the fast food worker to hand you your food, be sure to acknowledge them and say hello. While passing by someone, go ahead and give them a smile. You never know what others are going through. And Brooke Randolph, Executive Director of Counseling at the Greenhouse, says just a smile and eye contact could make their entire day. Smiling and making eye contact is one of the fastest, easiest ways to spread joy as it communicates to others that they are seen and worth acknowledgement. In a world that is more and more disconnected and polarized, simply smiling at someone can have a big impact on their day. At BetterHelp.com, I found ways that spreading love and happiness can benefit you and others. You know, we need the what's in it for me. Even if it seems plausible and something that you should be doing, a lot of us like that extra motivation. So, you'll feel better. Being a positive person is good for you in several different ways. Science proves that those who are positive and who approach life with a positive outlook, with hope and loving hearts, have a better experience. They're less likely to feel depressed or anxious, which helps in leading a healthier and happier life. 
That's because these are the type of individuals who can handle difficulties and stress with no problem. They're able to turn to their support systems and are able to love and care for themselves as well. To love and feel loved is one of the most beautiful things. You'll be better. When it comes to your overall health, being positive is most definitely a good way to go. Positivity helps your body release chemicals like oxytocin and dopamine. These chemicals help you feel better overall and that's beneficial to your body. You'll be more inclined to push through minor and major illnesses and your immune system will be better prepared for it as well. That means you're going to be healthier just by feeling love and happiness. Love in action and words creates confidence in the same world. Attract more. When you put happiness and love out there, you're going to attract things to you. That's because everyone wants to be around someone who makes them feel good. If you're radiating good vibes, it's going to draw people into you who want to feel the same way. That means romantic relationships and friendships are likely to blossom. And the ones that you already have are likely to be even stronger. Because people want to be around people who make them feel happy. Hostile people live alone in hate. This thing called love is one of the most important reasons to hope. And loving people live with the understanding that it's one of the most important things to attracting others. Improve the world. People who feel the love want others to feel that way as well. That means they're more likely to help others in any way they can. It might be something as simple as holding a door for someone, or it might be giving back in the form of charities and support. These are the people who are willing to do what it takes to make life easier for others, and that might manifest itself in their own personal lives. Love takes strength. And giving creates love and hope. Reinforcing opinions. Have you ever started to think about something and suddenly it seems like that's all you see? If you use Facebook, you might be familiar with this in ads. It seems like as soon as you think about buying something, Facebook knows and you get a ton of ads out there. That's true with a positive or negative outlook as well. When you feel negative, you tend to see things around you that reinforce your opinion. On the other hand, when you have a positive outlook, you see things that reinforce a positive opinion. That means you're more likely to continue to feel even happier. Love spreads healing, and you begin to see love in not only your own life, but in this amazing world. Kind words and thinking creates profoundness. Make someone's day. Have you ever had someone talk to you in a pleasant way or smile at you with only light and the most powerful healing energy? And suddenly, even though you are having a bad day, you feel a little better. Well, you could be the spark of inner happiness in a hostile world that helps make someone else's day. All it takes is a little smile, even if you're not 100% feeling it at the moment and you'll probably get a smile in return. Then that person may smile at someone else and the cycle continues. You're making the day of people that you've never even met because of one small gesture or smile. 
Be supportive. When you're happy and not trying to spread hate, you're likely to be more supportive to the people around you. That might mean your friends, family, or even people you work with. You're likely to help them with things they're going through or to encourage them to pursue something that they love or something that they might be nervous about. What that means is they're more likely to accomplish bigger and better things. Hatred ceases good work while love overcomes. That's going to make a difference throughout their lives and potentially the world as well because you never know what they may achieve or who else they may affect as a result. Spreading love. When it comes to spreading love, it may not be as difficult as you think. Hate concentrates while kindness consists of letting go of things hated and focusing only on positive and true. It doesn't have to be a huge experience either. You don't need to spend all of your time, energy, or money doing something big or extravagant for someone. Rather, you can do little things that make a big impact on someone's life. The key is figuring out how you're going to spread love and what it's going to create within the universe when you do. You might be surprised at just how much things change. So, what could you be doing to facilitate this? Say something nice. When you compliment someone, it makes them smile. Help them out. Try helping someone with open arms to spread love in a way that does absolutely nothing to benefit you in return. Say thank you. We often take the little things that others do for us for granted. But what if they didn't? Listen to them. Everyone across the world wants to be heard. And that's sometimes difficult in today's day and age. Give a gift. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money to spread love. Show them their impact. Many of us don't even think that we're important in our own lives or the lives of others. So show them in a way that they've improved your life and those around you. Write a note. Write a nice note that you can leave somewhere for a stranger to find more love. Pay it forward. Do something nice for someone without expecting anything in return. And spread love quotes. Here are a few to get you started. Martin Luther King said, Love is the greatest force in the universe. It's the heartbeat of the moral cosmos. He who loves is a participant in the being of God. Mother Teresa said, I have found the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there can be no more hurt, only more love. And Bob Marley said, One love, one heart, one destiny. share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you to activate joy in your life. It resides in your heart and you can share it with others through acts of service. Active joy illuminates your life and draws others to you. I know you can do it. I'm
Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. I stumbled through until the path was clear.